Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I am your host, Chance Pitts, and I would like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the Next in Line podcast. I'm very excited to have y'all in here today as we continue with part two of the Coconut 250 recap with Dan Gilliam. He's an awesome individual. We've had a awesome time getting to recap this race and meet with them out in Arizona. For those of y'all that didn't listen to part one yet, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the story of this 250 mile race that runs from Black Canyon City, Arizona up to Flagstaff, Arizona. It's an amazing story with an amazing person and we're blessed to get to call Dan a friend and to grow closer with him throughout this ultra marathon and running journey that we've been on. Now guys, before we get into that story though, I want to make sure we take care of some housekeeping and announcements. First and foremost, if you receive value from this episode of the Next in Line podcast, we would ask that you share the show with like-minded individuals who could receive the same kind of value. That's the number one way for us to grow and to reach a larger audience and, in effect, help more people. Now, along with that, guys, you can also like, comment, subscribe, leave a rating or review on whatever platform you find yourself listening on. And that's just going to help us pop up in those search results earlier as people look for personal development and self-help type podcasts. Now, another thing I would encourage y'all to do is give us a follow on social media. That's at Next In Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, or all three of those. And you can shoot us a DM, let us know how we're doing. Give us any questions, comments, concerns that you might have for this podcast here. Uh, And we would appreciate hearing from you guys. That's also where we put our daily content out for the most part. um, And you'll be able to catch it there and keep up with all the craziness that we have going on. Now, along with that, guys, we have a few announcements. First and foremost, this weekend was a great one because we got to travel to Schulenburg, Texas, and help celebrate the new marriage of Mr. and Mrs. Divin. So huge congratulations to them. We've had Lane Divin on the podcast several times now. Him and his fiance, Kendall, now wife, finally tied the knot. Uh, It's been a long time coming. We're super, super stoked for them Um, and very excited as they get to gear up and go on their honeymoon this week. That's announcement number one, guys. The next one would be that, man, this weekend was one of them that we got to spend with just a fantastic group of people. We were surrounded by the Divins, by Uh, their families, my family, by just a phenomenal group of guys that we got to hang out with um, all around with the groomsmen that we were with the entire time. And it was just a spectacular group of people with some great conversation. And I'm always very, very thankful for getting to have those conversations with those kind of guys, the, the quality individuals that we get to surround ourselves with. So just very, very grateful and thankful for those experiences and getting to do that this weekend. Um, and I wanted to share that with y'all guys. But also, a couple of more announcements for events that we have coming up. As y'all know, we're gearing up for a few more races, guys. First and foremost, we on June 10th, we have Ricochet's Riot coming up in Colleen, Texas. It's a smaller ultra marathon, but it's a 50K race um, all the way down to 5K. So there's varied differences in there, or distances, I should say, in there uh, for people to compete in. We've got a group of people going up there to hopefully be pretty competitive in those races. If you're interested in coming along with that one or having our crew there to help support you as you run this race, give us a shout. Let us know what's going on and what you need from us. Next on the list, guys, is Habanero 100 Relay over in Cat Spring, Texas on August 12th. We're really looking forward to that race. We got out and ran the 100-mile 
solo event last year. I had a great crew and a great time out there. Uh, just getting out there in Cat Spring, it's hot, it's humid, it's very, very rough when it comes to uh, the footing and just the climate that you find yourself running that kind of race in, but it's a very enjoyable event. We're going back this year, like I said, to do the relay, and we're going to take it on and try to go out there and be really, really competitive. If you're interested in jumping on a relay team, you can get with us, check out all the details of it, and see if it's something you want to do, and we'd be glad to have you aboard. After that, on the books, guys, the KD225 is an ultra marathon that runs across Missouri. It's a 225-mile race following the KD Trail, and it starts on October 23rd. That will be my longest event to date, uh, my first branch into the 200-mile class, and I'm super, super excited about it. We're going to have Dan, who's on this episode of this podcast, running it with us, and probably a couple more individuals that we know pretty well. So super stoked about that and excited about getting out there and sharing the trail with some great people. Lastly, on this list, we plan on being out at Brazos Bend 100 on December 2nd in Needville, Texas, to help support Michael Ruiz as he knocks out his first 100-mile ultramarathon. It's going to be a huge jump for him in the running career and the distance-wise, but we're really looking forward to seeing him attack that thing and just knock it out of the park. We'll be out there crewing. I imagine between now and then we'll have a few more racers sign up, being that it's not till December, but... We'll get with that and we'll figure everything out as we get closer to that. But guys, that is all the announcements I've had. Like I said, please go back and listen to part one of this extremely interesting and awesome podcast that we had, this conversation that we had to talk to Dan. Um, Just very, very enjoyable and it's been a great experience for us. I hope you enjoy part two as we dive in here, guys. But without any further ado, here is part two of the Coconut 250 recap with Dan Gilliam grabbed everything and then jumped out and took off you know yeah and then yeah we went light on the clothes and i I probably should have known because even coming down from snibley to munns there was a portion that was kind of you know obviously you got into the mountains there was trees and you look out to where it looked like they probably grazed cattle during the summer and there's still snow there and the breeze started kicking up as the sun goes down and I definitely got a little cold coming in there and started to run just to just to stay warm coming into Munns and and then you get down into Munns and it's a it's a nice town there's there's nice houses but you could tell that they just literally came out of snow season there's gravel all over the um, the sidewalks and roads still I mean the the the, the pathways are just covered with black gravel. You know, so it's you got to kind of watch your step on the concrete with just the gravel coming into town. So for the most part, I just tried to stay on the road, and it's a pretty quiet town. Looks like it's probably one of those seasonal towns where people come and go different times of the year, and then you got people that probably bear it through the whole year or two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it and it seemed like a neat neat town. Uh, but coming in at ten ten p.m., we got kind of the uh, the very brief view of it as we jumped and and got ready to take off and started climbing up just going up streets it seemed like um trying to climb up and out of the town to connect back in the trail on the back side of munns park um and at, at that point i think i i threw navigation on the watch as well so i had that going for us um like right as soon as we hit the trail we hit some confusion on the navigation out there um 
that area seemed to get a little bit tricky, you know, right outside of Munns Park. Yeah, it was interesting. The map was not matching up with the flags. So the flags were showing us off course. The flags were, we could see they were right there, but they weren't on. Apparently, they probably imagine they moved them, moved them over there, or the map was just confusing people. So they moved those over to that better trail because it was a little bit more established trail that was off. And yeah, we ran into some people that were having some issues out in the field. Of, being on course from there. So. Yeah, within the first handful of miles, I think we found a couple different groups that were were lost. The flags took off across the field off of that established trail um, where there was no trail, uh, just straight through the woods. And uh, and yeah. it was cool, cool helping getting some people back on track. And then um, going into that, I know it was it was dark, it was cold, uh, but the wind chill got down to what about twenty five degrees that night or something like yeah. that um yeah. so that was there's a bunch bu a bunch of trees bunch of trees that we went over to that was like the first real navigation over uh a lot of tree falls i think there's one section where we probably went up the hill and around i would say at least 10 to 15 trees it was it was a good stretch of big trees down across this logging road and, um just just a total environment change really from I would say that snibbly on, you know, you get up into the high mountain and you know you're getting close. You're getting close to Flagstaff. It's starting to look like Flagstaff. It's got the trees and snow and the cold air. And at that point, you know you're out of the high desert and you're you're up there in the mountains. And it's just I think that's what's so amazing about that race is just the different environments that you really go through. You know, you're starting in low desert, which is kind of looks just like phoenix it's just outside of phoenix um to really the high mountain and just a total change of environment to where it doesn't even seem like you're in the same world but you're right there in the same state still so yeah it's beautiful absolutely. and you see the temperature change that, that i think somebody had said it was nine degrees at the lowest point up on top of eldon yeah that's night. what i'd heard that yeah I think the night that night that you guys got there, I think, I think it was that night on Eldon was nine degrees, which makes sense when it was like twenty five for us, and yeah, we definitely we definitely didn't have have the the right amount of clothes, <laughs> but we made it through. And we seen a guy in a garbage bag laying on the side of the trail, so that that did, that was where I didn't want to be is that tired guy that you know had to try to get some sleep in twenty degree weather. <laughs> man i i think there were some folks as we came through there that were just they were holding on for daylight you know just hoping for the best seeing that sunrise and uh, they were planning on getting moving after that because man i i don't ever want to say anything bad about anybody else but it's like that kind of energy levels you detect out there like you were talking about and the negativity that pulls you in there was some through that stretch from Let's see, came in at Munns Park to Kelly and out to Fort Total where we picked up Dad. Um, there was some dark, dark places out there and some yep. people in some pretty bad spots between the cold, how far you were in the race, and the dark. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to talk about Kelly out there because that was pretty pretty grim. Um, yeah, Kelly was, you know, came in. It was cold, people around the fire. Um like you said, there's people in some pretty bad 
places you know there's people with some tears going and um just you could tell just feeling it mentally and physically at that point and i wanted to get out of there quick and didn't want to be really like i said you don't want to say nothing bad about people and i've been there before but i just know that that kind of stuff is can be contagious to people um and so i wanted to get in and get out as quick as possible and that, that also wasn't a crude aid station and i was looking forward just to knocking that next section out and waking your dad up in the morning so he could go for the next round. <laughs> well, y'all texted me when you got into Kelly, I think, and I was like, wow, already? Uh, y'all made like 10 miles pretty quick across there. Yeah, we had uh, we picked up pace. Dan was moving phenomenally. Um, I mean, we were running several sections of that track back into there. Um, and we hit Kelly. We had a full head of steam. And like he said, didn't want to see the negativity and be around it um, and have that jump onto you. So, um, I think I grabbed you some potatoes that turned out to be lava. Um, yeah, I think I might. My mouth's still burnt. <laughs> uh, burnt the crap out of your mouth with some potatoes uh, up there on the on the trail at Kelly, and then we decided to grab what little we could and just make for the trail. Had a had a guy that kind of jumped in behind us and fell in. I think he was. He was holding on to the pace we were putting down because he was feeling the same thing. He didn't want to get sucked into that whole deal. And uh, I think you moving the way you did definitely helped uh, that gentleman through the night. I forgot his name, but um, yeah, his name was Tony. 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 Yeah. Last name, but Tony, an old, an older gentleman, and uh, yeah, he was moving right along with us too. So he he kept up with us for sure. He did, and he he kept trucking along, and uh, man, we we went winding through all the different trails and uh and switchbacks and crossed the highway again and headed out towards uh towards good old fort total i think what time we ended up making it there about 4 a.m i think yeah sunrise again whatever it was <laughs> the 4 a.m the sun up yeah and i think you, chance you called me and woke me up i was sound asleep yeah yeah we uh we covered some ground. I, I do want to say we passed uh, a lot of people coming out of uh, uh, Munns Park and going up towards Kelly. And then obviously a lot of people huddled up at Kelly that we passed. And we still overtook a lot of people going out to Fort Tuttle on some of those climbs and different things. You were moving really strong, climbing like a mountain goat out there and some of those little brief climbs we had and people were really struggling with. Um, and I asked you a question out there about um, – being competitive and and how it felt that late in the race passing people and i don't know if you want to kind of share how it feels because because i know it can feel kind of different whenever you're that in you you get more focused on just finishing rather than competing um at some of those points but i, I think you gave me an answer that, that said you still wanted to go out there and compete you know yeah i think I, i'm always competitive i you know i'm always in a race like that i'm just like you say, I go back to competing with myself. I just want to finish it and really just competing with better myself in it and doing the best. But there, there's times where you you want to you want to beat certain people or you know whatever it is that whatever that is that that drives you really. And sometimes I create that just to keep me driving, you know. So I pick somebody that's behind me that I know that I that I don't want them to catch me. So it kind of helps motivate me to push more than anything. It's it's not that it matters to me to, to beat them, but it kind of just, 
is another motivational factor um, dating way back to when I was in high school and played high school sports and ran track and played other sports is just um, the competitive drive helps helps feel feel the fire I guess so it's it's a little harder to do an ultra marathon because I haven't really found anybody that I dislike out there you know but but yes, like we were joking around about it is like it don't have to be somebody that I dislike. It could be a friend because we joked around about being competitive in KD 225 and knowing each other's strategies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. But it's cool that you find little little ways to keep yourself motivated, right? And little little things that spur a positive response in the mind and, and keep you driving down the trail. Um, man, I think we got into Tuttle. Uh, and we got you some it was cold so it was good to be in the aid station um and then on top of that we got you some food i know we were both pretty pretty hungry after that stretch i think they had some pasta and meatballs and uh, some other stuff and then seeing oh, yeah, grace that was, that was good food <laughs> and a pair of socks and a pair of socks yes yeah, yeah. i stole your guys' socks <laughs> that's right hey we're happily give them up happily give them up but you got you got in there and woke dad up so he was scrambling like crazy trying to get ready to roll um and then you i think you rested for maybe 10 minutes maybe i don't even think you slept no, i think on the ground i think on the ground grace was redoing my feet and i think i kind of was just nodding off a little bit here and there yeah yes sir and then you ran into some folks that you knew coming into the aid station too um so that was kind of a cool deal um and then man just that was kind of a kind of a neat spot because everything was inside sleep stations um and just had had so many volunteers there and medical teams ready to roll with whatever people needed so that was really cool to see and get that feel for what a 200 mile plus race looked like for me uh personally too but yeah yeah i think um there was the last time i'd seen um it's Lori and Roger Pineapple. Um, they're from Truckee, California, and he's been doing ultra marathoning since the start. He's one of the pioneers of it. And he did the original Bigfoot and original Tahoe 200. And just a really great guy. I met him the first time in Bigfoot at one of the aid stations there and was joking around with him about hallucinations and stuff. And he's super, super good people. He's from New Zealand and has an accent and just just a really nice guy and his wife is she's great too she's willing to help um with anything really she was a huge factor of why i finished moab really because she she took our stuff back back into the town um to the hotel and then we had another person there that um had drove grace out there so she was able to pay some stuff so just people just showing up really that were unplanned for her to be able to pace me in moab and um yeah they're just really really great people i mean he's 63 and out there doing that it's just that's amazing this to give you hope to be able to do that kind of stuff at, at that age and really really well too he does really well on the hills and just i can't say enough about the guy i mean we we yo-yoed back and forth throughout the whole event and i think at that point he was having some pretty pretty good issues with his feet and slowed him down a little bit um but before that we were back and forth and yeah just good people absolutely 
no, it, it seemed like it was. Y'all y'all both lit up really happy whenever y'all saw each other. So that was cool to see and just be a part of that as we were coming mm-hmm. into the H station. Um, and like you said, got the feet worked on, got everything kind of worked out. And what's that look like? Mile 214-ish at Fort Total right there? Is that right? Yeah, I got a blurred map that I'm looking at. I think, I think yeah. that's about right. I'm doing the same thing right now. Yeah, I think it's about 214. I'm pulling it up right yeah, two, here. Yeah, 215 um, according to the address thing. So, yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. So then there was a, a suspected 15-mile stretch for you and you and Dad to knock out coming out of there headed towards Walnut. Um, but I know that one seemed to go on forever, and it actually ended up being a little longer. But y'all can talk about that. Yeah, I was a... Uh, it was actually a really pretty stretch of the whole race. I would, I would say that it was right up there. You know, actually from that point on was just just beautiful, and it and not in a better place really. You know, you're in a bad place in the race, and well, good place. You're getting close, but you know, bad mentally and physically just from being out there for so long. And the the scenery was beautiful. It was it was rolling rolling up and down um we jogged a little bit or whatever you want to shuffle or whatever you want to call it and um, was moving pretty good and i kept looking under these pine trees and just you know at that point i'm losing my mind and i'm i'm like that looks like a good place to sleep that looks like a good place to sleep i was like i should lay down there but i know as soon as i do everybody's just going to come and wake me up and we we didn't see any but it went on forever and i'm thinking man we should have um we should have slept and then all of a sudden, here comes the 36 milers from the Elden, the Elden Crest, um, 36 miles, and they're they're fresh, you know. The leader passes us, and we get to see the first and second place, you know, all all of them. Really, we got to see all of them, uh, and it was some of them were really nice, and other ones that was, you know, it was it was hit or miss. I was grumpy. They were kind of a little, didn't say the right words, and. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to move over and I'm tired. I'm keep trying to keep my pace and I'm not trying to stop and, and move over. So it was a little frustrating, I think at that point of the race, but there was some great people, um, that were motivational people too, that said some, said some good things and stuff like that. And then we just kept going down the trail and it, it just got more and more interesting. You know, we, we looking at, I'm looking at elk, elk poop and, they were they were, looked like milk duds, so we started talking about that they were elk duds, and came up with this whole scheme about <laughs> patenting these elk duds and getting them in different varieties of moisture and all, all kinds of stuff. It went it went deep and a conversation. Well, leave, it, leave, leave it to me to take you down a whole nother trail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were talking about having sticky elk duds stuck in our teeth and from from putting it in their lip like chew and all, all kinds of good stuff and protein uh, yeah, was, I was, I was, just, was, we're going to market it sell it it's new business everything right yeah and, and we went down the looney tune tunnel there and i'm you know quoting <laughs> looney tunes and talking about crossing the finish line through the through the looney tune portal like like porky pig at the end of a movie <laughs> that's all folks yeah <laughs> i mean I was I was losing it really at that point. I was I was definitely and and your dad was you know just we just had fun just getting into that aid station and it was it was a fun it was a fun stretch and and beautiful just 
just absolutely beautiful out there. It was. It turned into a lot of single track area, especially that the as we got into the mountains and uh, that first part of it. Like I said, nobody else was there for about half of that whole first section of that, and uh, until the until the thirty six milers started coming on the left, on the left, on the right. But uh, before that, it was just beautiful single track, and uh, it gave us a lot of time to wander and see those spots to hang a ham hammock up or take a, <laughs> a snooze under a tree, but you never stop. I think you only stopped one time because you had a little tightness in, a, in your right quad, I think, and around your knee, and we, and you just kind of sat back and we kind of worked on that for a little bit. But other than that, you kept moving. And I could tell at moments you felt really good and you you would pick up the pace and start jogging a little bit. And, and then I could tell sometimes you were kind of fading back out a little bit and you feeling it a little bit, but, uh, uh, man, I was impressed. You just kept moving, just kept moving. And you climbed the, the uphills you climbed. It seemed like those were more your kind of thing. Cause you were, you were doing really well on that. I was like, keep up with it. But you did a great job. Yeah. Thanks. And then I think I was just completely in a fog and, uh, that one guy in the 36 miler, it was, a uh, it was a uh, he he was walking and we got to talking and joking around and stuff and i was joking around about 36 milers and we were both kind of giving each other bad times about stuff and uh but it, really he kind of woke me up out of a a pretty good fog that i had coming into there and stuff and i was joking around about him like don't let me pass you don't let me come back and pass you on the elden elden mountain <laughs> And uh, towards the end, when the aid station was coming in, I started running, and he was just like, oh, we're running now? And he, he, he ran into the aid station with us and stuff. And I joked around about just like, you know, it would have been a lot better if you guys would at least invite me to the medals. And I could have I could have finished the Elton Preston as dead last finisher. I think he kind of took that as a challenge, like I was telling him he was going to be dead last. And... Uh, we kind of joked around about a little bit about that and gave each other a little hard time, but it was it was all in good fun just to get us get us through the race. So, oh yeah, that stretch ended up being like about seventeen and a half miles instead of the fourteen or fifteen. I think we were thinking or something like that. So it ended up taking a little bit longer to get to that aid station than we thought. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of cocodona was like that. Um, my watch, unfortunately, because I didn't bring the charger, died out at two hundred. But when my watch said 200, we weren't even, I believe that was at Munns Park at 191. So I'd already had an additional nine miles. Um, I know Coros and Garmin both will do it, um, depending on the settings you have. And I, there was some Garmin's out there that was even getting more miles than that, which was, I just, and I, and I did see where somebody had said that the race was 259. So I don't, I would have to fact check that, but I know I'd seen uh, Chad Wright and them saying 250 plus, you know, 250 plus. And um, I don't know if that's just because everybody was getting that on their watch or it was actually over that 250 mark because um, it definitely added some miles to a lot of aid stations. Yeah. Man, uh, it sounds like y'all had a really good section out there. And I know we talked about it a lot at, while we were out there in Arizona. Um, but I mean, shoot, that's, that's kind of what you hope for in a pacer, right? At times, somebody that can get your mind off all that stuff that you're yeah, dealing with. That's, 
it's it's huge i mean i'm i don't even know where i would be without having somebody to sit there joke around about you know elk does and just just conversate about so so much i mean we were just talking away when we started out um and that's the advantage i think of having a patient that you don't really know you know you got plenty of stuff to talk about and it's not that old friend that you went to high school with that you've told every story a hundred times and your author be like yeah i heard i heard this you just you know i might tell you three times during the coca donut 250 but at least at least it's still new yeah, <laughs> right. it's still fresh enough that it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> man well heck yeah well you came to walnut and um and I think you beat the time we expected to see you at Walnut too. We were expecting twelve something. Uh, I think it was like twelve thirty or twelve fifty, um, and you ended up coming in at eleven thirty. Um, so picked up the pace and, and knocked the socks off of it again. Um, and it was really cool to see. And then of course Grace was there waiting for you. Uh, she had gotten breakfast, um, and on top of that, had you a spot cleared out so you could sleep a little bit if you needed to. I think you planned on it at the time and then work on your feet as well out there. Um, yeah. So that was that was a pretty cool aid station. I think you ended up, you were going to sleep initially and then ended up uh, not doing that very much. I think you might have grabbed five, ten minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, I think so. And then she, we got packed in and that was a that was a weird aid station because you never know anything can happen um, with 20 miles left and you got to go up a mountain and uh, it's midday already. So I was going to say one of, the, one of the things we kind of talked about was the timing of getting up Eldon was something that you were shooting for too. So I know that was playing a factor into how much rest you were getting and when you wanted to take off again as well. Yeah, no, it, it definitely did. And we, uh, we both had to really gear up and I felt like we both had pretty heavy packs coming out of uh, the Walnut aid station right there, just cause we didn't know exactly what we might get into um, in the night of that last night of the race. Um, yeah. But, and I think I just really want to get over that before the sun went down. That was my goal is to get off that, that steep single track. Um, really the end of the race where i've seen in you know, races it get messy and stressful in those situations with people trying to get over these mountains at night and and having problems with sleep deprivation and hallucinations and just really being in a bad place and it's the place that i didn't want to be so it was huge getting up there um really at right around the sunset is where we where we got up there and and um, perfect timing really um but yeah we did have a heavy pack um i probably finished with a heavy pack because i didn't eat nearly you know much from my pack i think most of it was in a waist belt of mine and i was looking in my pack the whole time for food and i had a waist belt literally full of foods that grace had set up for me and i totally just spaced it out and so i carried that food on my hips you know over the mountain and down the mountain <laughs> so that's something that um doesn't seem like a big factor but i think that all factors into wear and tear in your body and, and your overall time and a lot of things and something that i think with experience you know it gets better of knowing what to have and what not to have but at the same time it's 
Um, at Bigfoot, without any experience, I'd say I tried to cut everything too much. I'd be like, oh, I don't need that in my pack. I don't need this in my pack. Um, I'm only going to take a little bit of water because I'll fill up on this stream on the way because I had, you know, water crossings that I was going to get. And that's only as good as it is until you miss the water crossing or the water crossing don't no longer exist. So <laughs> th those factors of cut and weight sometimes can be also be the factors of making you go without water and has been for me not going without water in some of these and didn't experience that in this one. There wasn't any, any time that I ran out of water, um, which I think is huge. You know, you, you pack the weight, which um, isn't ideal, but you know, being dehydrated for any portion of time during that race could be detrimental for to the finish. And no, I I agree with you. And I mean, we kind of I think we we ended up doing okay going out through that last section of trail, even with the heavier packs and everything. Um, the weather stayed cool enough on us coming out of Walnut. Um, even though we were in some of the lowlands, really sandy and dusty and kind of nasty going through there, um, the initial spot. But uh, it was a good, good long way that we kicked around the foothills and uh, kind of traced back and forth before we ever even got to got to Eldon. I think we stared at it for a good, good six forever. <laughs> it seemed like forever, and at that point, I'm just tired and like you said we wrapped around and we we questioned where their approach was going to be multiple times and <laughs> it, it seemed like it almost wrapped us right back around to to walnut canyon it almost seemed like we could have just cut across cut across <laughs> the field from walnut canyon and been right there but yeah yeah we kept that one couple from going uh that one guy and girl runners that were about to blow past that turn uh, headed straight towards Eldon because it looked like the best way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, kept them from going out there and and ended up yeah just winding it back and forth, back and forth, back into that uh, water station back in there, uh, about halfway up to to the base of Eldon. Um, and that was that was cool. We passed a few more runners, uh, got passed by a couple people, of course. I think you decided to take a couple dirt naps in there, uh, or one dirt nap in there. Um, you ended up sleeping for about two minutes <laughs> with me. Um, yeah, and that was that was pretty cool I, to see just to see how you jump up and get a little bit of a recharge out of that two minute nap. <laughs> was something else. Yeah, but and then uh, then we took a. Then the other one we took going up, going up. I took the other one right in the middle of the trail, and that was probably the most interesting dirt nap I've I've done to date. Is sleeping literally in the middle of a trail on Eldon Crest that probably I would estimate it at eighty five hundred feet, probably because yeah. it's nine thousand three hundred feet, and we might have been a thousand foot below the summit. If that, it could have even been higher than that, and just have to had to lay down i was i was stumbling around a little bit and felt like i was about to topple off the hill and i was just like i gotta lay down and again i just took a two minute nap probably again right there in the middle of the trail yeah no and even just a few hundred feet down from that there was a rock um, and you had sat down on it for just a second to to kind of just give your feet a little bit of a break because and we can talk about that i think you started to have some uh, some issues with the feet and 
and things like that as well. But you were nodding off, falling asleep right there, <laughs> sitting on the rock as well. I mean, that kind of a telltale sign that I knew you were going to need to take one of those dirt naps. Um, but do you want to talk about kind of where your body was at, where your feet were at? Because you're a you're a beast of a climber out there. And I know getting to Eldon was something we were looking forward to and then kind of threw the plan off a little bit with some things you ran into out there. Yeah, I think um yeah, just uh coming up coming up that hill, I was having a little bit of I don't think it was elevation, I was just the just the tired and fatigue. Um I started having a little bit of issues with some blisters on my feet that were underneath some calluses that were pretty deep. So yeah, I was just uh having issues with the, these calluses that were and had blisters deep underneath the calluses. Um it didn't feel like any blister I'd ever had before. Um, these calluses were rubbing pretty pretty hard on these deep blisters, and it literally felt like a stick just being jabbed in the back of my heel. Um, I tried to fight through the pain of it when we come down into that that Elton Station, and was just trying to mind over matter, but my brain wouldn't wouldn't allow my body to just push through it. And um, there was a older gentleman there um i should have found out his name that that helped out huge i mean at the time i thought wow whatever he's just going to wrap it with whatever he had he had a, a band-aid and some weird tape that i hadn't even seen it looked like something you would you know tape tape your windows with when there's when they're to seal out the water from or something and he just kind of wrapped it around to cushion that hill and it wasn't pretty at all and I was worried about it just tearing up my feet, but I told him I ain't even worried about it. There's only, you know, nine miles down the hill and we'll be done with this. And uh, what he did help, helped out huge. I mean, I still felt it, but it was, it was huge, huge relief um, with, with, with the feet. And I was able just to, we were able to jog down a good portion of that hill. Um, my, my quads and shins and hips and everything just kept getting loaded up to where they just, didn't feel like they were going to support me any longer. And we would walk until I kind of bounced back from that. And then we just keep repeating it really all, all the way down, um, all the way down the mountain, um, started getting dark, started getting into those later hours. And we came out of, uh, that long fire road, steep fire road down and a little, little craziness with trying to find them. Uh, the trail at that point it was a pretty good washed out area that we crossed and then getting down into some single track coming down into buffalo park um, i hit that point of that race to where in the past is it's kind of weird i feel like i've been there before i start you know recalling this from dreams i had or something and to the point of some of the stuff that's happening is happening you know right right after i say it and I think you've seen that where we came out and I was like, there's going to be a person that tells us it's down, down the road, you know, in, in the Flagstaff. And sure enough, there's this guy, you know, and I had mentioned, you know, there's going to be a lady with a belt buckle or something. And this guy comes out and it's like, it's three miles down the road and look for the lady. And we both kind of <laughs> were like, what the heck? Yeah. And, uh, just, I mean, I had the same experience in Moab and um, it's, it's, it's definitely weird because I don't remember these dreams until I'm in these events. And then I definitely feel like I've been there before. Like I've been there. It's the details are fuzzy and they're different, but 
it's definitely like deja vu. Um, I had some decent hallucinations, not bad. Um, I hallucinated a little bit off of your shadows, thinking they would look like my dog um, running around. Uh, the shadows kind <laughs> of just kept moving, and it looked like my border collie. Um, I was spacing out pretty good and looking at rocks, and you really helped me through that section. I mean, I can't commend you enough of how good a pacer you are just pulling me through there and being just even saying hey you all right you coming and then you know i snap out of it yeah i'm i'm coming you know and it it, it pulled me right back in where um i was yeah i was looking around and you know forgetting what i was doing uh, multiple times coming off that hill and and really kind of getting discouraged too after that guy said three miles because it felt like the longest three miles and, and, and you know you're 200 50 plus miles into a race and you would think three miles isn't nothing, but it's, it's a lot at that point. It becomes, it becomes a lot. It, it does. I remember a couple of times you asked me, you're like, man, how many, how many miles we got left? And, and I'd tell you four or three, you know, thinking that that might be something where it's like, okay, yeah, let's get it done. And it just, it, it did have the opposite effect of it. <laughs> you're like, damn it, we still got three miles. <laughs> Yeah. already did 247 <laughs> uh, yeah man, man circle circling back to Elton real quick uh that was that was pretty brutal by the time we came off of there I mean it was it was getting real cold we had like 60 mile an hour gusts they tried to fly a drone over to film us on the live feed couldn't even get it over to us because the wind was so bad out there um but the yeah, food at the aid station didn't you yeah yeah we we ended up going to the aid station up there um, and they tried to fly it over to us again whenever we were closer to it and just couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, I was screaming. I, I was like, what the heck is that noise? And the, it just, it was screaming and it was, and then you just seen it kind of go with the wind and, and take off. But yeah, you could tell they had had some real heavy winds up there. There was some, uh, some of the equipment that was on top of there for measuring the weather, I imagine was tore up and there was pieces of, debris on top of the mountain and i was really just looking to get down to that a station and get off of that mountain at that point just because that'd be you know not a good thing to happen to you be like i was almost there and then i got hit by you know, taken out by a weather reading device and it was it was blowing it was definitely extreme and that's what i wanted to avoid of doing that you know add that factor into being dark and cold and that wind and not even knowing what's around you and that could uh, that's that's a lot yeah we, i think we got some ribs and a salsa wrap in you up there at that aid station no, the, be the, be the best the best food at the last aid station yeah. go figure you know that i needed that throughout the race but yeah it was it was some good food yeah and then you did you trucked it down the mountain you ran a good two and a half three miles downhill um Kept it going, looked really strong. Um, then, like you said, we ran into that single track, got a little bit tough to track it and keep going. But as it got dark, you got tired and kind of a little bit down. Um, popped some caffeine strips in there as well. Uh, I think we had some Rebbies and <laughs> got you back <laughs> on track. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I was nervous about taking those, even though I'd taken some caffeine pills. But those were they didn't. Uh, they weren't as high a dosage, but they really like they kicked in quick, you know, because it just absorbs under your tongue. So I, I definitely need to look those up because they definitely snapped me out of the fog 
um, there at the end, you know. Yeah, they were so. they were good. And then, man, coming up into Buffalo Park, seeing the guy talking about the lady, and then <laughs> soon enough, I mean, we were back on the streets of Flagstaff. Uh, as crazy to to be at that point and be so close and have to stand and wait for <laughs> crosswalk lights to to blink and, and yeah that, that was a little that was a little frustrating and i was just so tired and you know we're both pretty big and running side by side down those streets especially when the the trail cam followed us i was i was worried i was going to run into a sign or something because there were signs you know on the street and I'm like that's that's just what i need to be on live youtube feed and just totally whack myself and be laid out on the streets of flagstaff and uh yeah it was just it was wild so man yeah and we took it on in and uh like you said live cam picked us up and ran down a couple more streets and uh caught the alley and got you in man crossed the finish line i think in the nine o'clock hour before 10 o'clock that night um yeah and it was right where i wanted to be it was it was great um and then backtracking a little bit too that that elton crest was 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 a real we didn't really talk about this um but it was really emotional it was real emotional for me um i think we were talking about um i can't even recall exactly what we were talking about but we were talking about some pretty deep stuff about just friendships and about how you guys came out to pace me in um, Arizona and how other people, you know, came and showed up for me. And that got me emotional and just kind of getting over uh, a lot of, a lot of past, past things that I've dealt with these last couple of years that are coming to full closure. And I kind of just got a little bit of closure out there on Eldon that, you know, this was a new chapter of my life and moving forward of just, being in a better state of mind and being around better people and stuff and it just it really i just can't say enough about you guys coming out there and showing up for me and being there for me i mean i was i was choked up i was tired i was choked up choking down tears from from just the emotions and then and, and yeah it's i just can't say enough about that that was it was huge and then just carrying us down to the finish line and and finishing that race um, when there was multiple times where I just didn't think it was going to be possible and it all, it all coming together and finishing in a, in a good time. You know, I, I went in, in with a really tough goal that I didn't see achievable. And I think we even talked about it. And I said, more realistically, it's probably going to be 115 hours. And we were under that, by, you know, close to three hours. And it's, I'm, I'm extremely satisfied with that. And, happy that it all worked out and uh just just grateful for everything the friends and being able to i mean everything that you know I, a lot of people just think about it, the, the finish in that race is all that matters in that situation but it's really everything that's involved in that race all the people that showed up all the all the factors of it's just, it's huge that's what it's all about really it's not about finishing the race it's about your experience and and growing from from that and you know the the things you learn and people you meet along the way that's really what the whole adventure as i like to call it is about and it just correlates so much with our everyday life and how we how we carry ourselves in everyday life and 
the goals we set in our life and and everything we do to to set standards ahead of ourselves to make us a better person that just falls right into the ultra marathon world and um it's 100% i think it uh it falls into what a chance and i've kind of discovered you know as we've been on our journey of you know just just getting in better shape and then getting into ultra running but it's just our we call it kind of our our circle of positivity or our circle of positive influence or whatever you want to call it it's like we run into people and it seems to branch out you know we you know we met todd and then it grew into meeting up with you and grace and it uh it's just it grow, flows into everything else we do in life and it's just uh, if you put yourself in a position to do good things and and have good things happen to you those things are just going to come to you and that's kind of i think what we're seeing and uh, us being able to come out and be a part of this event with you uh, we really appreciate uh you you allowing us to come be a part of it and, and we're just uh i just floored to see you do it it's just amazing to watch you do it um i'd already been thinking about a 200 miler in my his in my future maybe and uh that just uh got me thinking about it even more watching you achieve that goal it was is you you're a fantastic dude is uh inspirational for sure thank you now i and that i mean that sums it up beautifully it was an amazing experience it was cool to get out there and, and to be a little part of that uh to see you get some of that closure kind of close the book on some of the chapters of your life that we talked about out there um but more than that to to see how you were through those last miles of that race and, and uh, what it meant to you and just to be a small part of that. Thank you for letting us do that. And, and we'll forever cherish the memories of, of going out there to Arizona and being part of this amazing race. And then obviously the, the friendship that is, has blossomed out of it. And, and I couldn't ask for a better experience with signing up for uh, going to pace somebody all the way in Arizona that we knew for one minute. Right. <laughs> right. It was definitely an experience. And then thank you. Thank you guys for, for everything really is. It was great. Absolutely. And oh, yeah. uh, well, I think, I think that kind of puts a bow on the whole Cocodona 250. Um, I yeah. do. I do have to ask you, um, one thing I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, man, what's next in line for you? What do you have coming down the pipe? Yeah, was, um, first I'll speak on the, the name next in line. I think I we talked about that a couple of days ago, and it kind of hit me with the name and just with correlation to everything that's going on in my life and everything. And I'm like, man, that's a great name. You know, it's it's really what – everything revolves around in, in your life is like what's next in line for you and i talked about like you know people get get comfortable in marriages and jobs and whatever it is and instead of looking for what's next in line or what's their next step and better in themselves and not getting in that comfortable stage i think people have this concept of comfortable is good but comfortable is not good comfortable takes you in places where you don't want to be it takes you in places of you know alcoholism abuse um just you know you name and i could go on forever of where comfortable can take you um and really revolves around the unhappiness and having something next in line is really what it's all about you know you have something to look forward to and your your journey never stops you know you 
you have a goal you celebrate that goal but you move on and um that's great great name so anyway uh, my next in line mm -hmm. is um yeah within my little fatigue after cocodona and being tired uh, my next in line would have been the bigfoot 200 which is like my big pinnacle of the year because of my first dnf um last year really my first big event and uh yeah i was just feeling myself a little bit um i signed up for a 56k in mount shasta headwaters which is where i was born um it's a great race it, it goes up it's eight thousand foot um of elevation gains and it goes up to mount eddy crest and just a beautiful area and i kind of made the goal to try to do that every year just because of where i'm from and it's the shortest race i really do is a 56k and then i just had this notion to do the black hills 100 in south dakota which is um 105 miles actually it's 52 miles 52 and a half miles out and back course pretty steep it's got 16,000 plus feet of elevation gain and really my biggest challenge of hundreds and the more i look at it it's definitely a maybe for me but it's something that i want to do to challenge myself to see if i can do it and if i dnf i'm fine with that it's a learning experience and i know that to be able to do something like that that i'm going to work harder or i do it and i'm like hey i can do these other hundreds that are hard too it's a possibility and really it's going to start with just seeing what's possible and that maybe and i I text Billy the other day and says, hey, you're maybe going to be the KD225, man. <laughs> That's all you need is a maybe, you know, you, you can do it. And uh, there you go. So, yeah, kind of putting some wood on the fire for for us all to be out in KD. And I think that'd be just a great way to end the year, just to top off a huge year of of just huge growth and big races and achievements and friendships and everything i think that'd be just a way to just you know cap off the year and i think i'd mentioned it to todd and todd todd even said well that makes me want to do it even that much more if his dad does it. <laughs> that's awesome no we're we're all really really stoked about it on our end man we got a mess of people coming out we're gonna know some people in the race um i think they just posted the list of aid stations out there so man it it's going to be an awesome cap to the end of the year. It, it truly is. You summed it up perfectly. Just all the yeah. crazy stuff that's been going on. Um, even but we, we had to but getting getting old dad out there. Put, yeah, you put me on a spot a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to both of you about it, so uh, I'm I'm going to do it. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it heck of it why not <laughs> why not i mean i might as well join the party we're gonna yeah. all be there todd's gonna be there yeah it's gonna might be a well. great group yeah bring some extra pacers if anybody's listening i need some pacers <laughs> for that one too <laughs> no kidding. all my pacers are running it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this could be the issue yeah man well it sounds like you got some you got some awesome stuff lined up for the rest of the year um you did a fantastic job out at Cocodona, and again we're just blessed to be a part of it um and to get to talk to you about your story and learn more about you um throughout that entire process and this conversation we've had today so man i 
I really do appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that with us and being part of the Next in Line podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, guys, y'all got anything else to fire off on this one? Man, I don't think so. It was just a, it was an honor and a privilege to uh, to be a part of it and to talk to you today. Um, I had a few people asking me questions in the community and stuff that I was telling them about what we did because they saw it on social media and like, y'all did what? And uh, But they asked me about, you know, well, did he have any stomach issues? I mean, there's some people that do some running and stuff, too, and they're kind of curious. And it doesn't sound like you had any stomach issues at all for the most part. No. No, not really. Just the occasional gas, but that's normal even at home. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's normal anyway. But it sounds like uh, it was pretty solid. You were eating early on and kept doing that throughout the race. It sounds like so. Uh, um, yeah, that was that was one of the questions I had. And I was asking that how long till you felt like you could run again on your legs afterwards, and a few of those questions were popping up. Yeah, that. Uh... It was actually my bounce back from this one's the fastest it's ever been. I felt decent after Moab, um, but this one, I was walking the next day in Flagstaff, um, pretty decent, not hobbling too much, feeling pretty good. And then uh, I do a Fleet Feet racing team locally, and five days later, I was the 10th, um, went out and did a pretty intensive uh, training with them. They did some ladder training where – we run run at 80 percent for two minutes and you know the whole the whole ladder back off set like that and ended up doing like i don't know what it was it was like 3.5 miles but it was fluctuation and running pretty hard i was even running like seven minute and 20 second um mile pace you know for two minutes and i looking back now that was probably a little too soon i had a little bit of growing pain the next day but i felt good and um i just ran again yesterday i ran about five miles yesterday um the the hardest factor i'm finding that's coming back is i'm just been tired i've been tired throughout the day i can't make it throughout the day without taking a nap my nutrition is i'm hungry constantly i eat, eat a bunch and i'm hungry a couple hours later and i feel like i just could eat and eat and eat and sleep is all i feel like doing so that's the hardest factor I think that's completely understandable. Yeah, and <laughs> it's you know, catching still, up on though, sleep I mean, and nutrition. Fifteenth is ten days ago, and I I still feel like I haven't completely reset from this this event. It's definitely taken a minute to recover on that aspect of it with the the calories burned and sleep lost. <laughs> I completely understand. It sounds like other than your blisters and calluses. Um, that's been the major major thing that was, was bothering you after the race, other than fatigue and uh, you know lack of sleep kind of thing. Yeah, I feel I feel good. I'm actually already started uh, the forty day block of training for Black Hills One Hundred. So that that's that's going to be big. That's a big one for me. It's definitely going to be a challenge. I know it is. It's got a pretty stiff cutoff and pretty good elevation but we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> absolutely Shoot. did you did you want to bring up your um, your ambassador uh, ship that you're doing as well yeah um i got an ambassadorship um from ultra spire and it was kind of an interesting story on that too i'd ordered some from some water bottles and they never showed up in the mail and i was hitting up customer service about that and um 
got to just tell him talking stories with um zach the customer service guy there he's a super nice guy and uh, we went back and forth with emails and stuff he got my shipment lined out and in the midst of that just with telling some of the stories he was like hey we you missed this year but um maybe you can get in on next year and he's giving me all the information and then from there he was just like mm -hmm. hey jody said we had an extra spot we can get you in on there this year and he was able to get me in this year on the ultra fire ambassadorship and that's been huge it gives me good discounts on the gear and just just having them and knowing that they were watching me in the office that was another big factor because you know i just don't want to let people down i know they're you know watching me from the office and people at home watching me family um, my family means so much to me that how they follow me and have gotten inspired by this themselves and all want to be part of it you know it's just that ripple effect that affects everybody around you that that's that's why i do it that's really why i do it is just the inspiration of you know the unknown people around you and then family just making a difference and making people want to get out and do things and well man brother you're you're very you're inspirational yourself i know um you 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 inspirational to a lot of people especially to me and you know it's a chance of myself for sure um and and i know uh, i see you posting stuff where can people find you at on social media um you, uh big footed what is it underscore um ultra yeah, adventures I actually wrote it down. I was going to make sure we put it on there. Bigfooted with an ED underscore ultra adventures Thanks. on Instagram. Okay. It used to be Bigfooted right. Hiker, but I accidentally deleted that account. <laughs> so it kind of it, it kind of worked out good because I was I was going into a different chapter with the ultra running. So it was it was going away from the hiking and more into the events. So it was it was time, I guess, for the other one to be gone. And then, yeah, just on Facebook, on Daniel Gillum, that's a private account. I just basically post mainly to Instagram. So, well, heck yeah, man. Well, I don't, I don't figure this will be the last time we have you on the podcast either. Um, especially between the races you have coming up and we have coming up, and how some of those are aligning pretty well. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule and your recovery. I know we're 10 days out, but you're still actively recovering right now. So thanks for that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is my first podcast, a little, little bit of nerves and just, you know, I I talk and I'm all over the place with with talking. So ho hopefully people get it and understand, you know, where I'm coming from cuz I can be all over with, with with everything. So as we as we do this more often, maybe I'll get a little bit better. <laughs> no, you you did a jam up job. I mean, you did a real good job just getting everything across, walking through. We had a little bit of a guide with the map here, um, and then us being pacers laid in had a little bit more insight too. So no, I I think it's a real good episode, and I think people are going to take a lot away from that, especially hearing your story, where you came from, and how you just honestly dove in head first to this thing and decided you were just going to do it yeah i still feel like i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's oh, awesome dude heck yeah well brother thank dad thank y'all so much for being on here um if y'all need anything ever give us a shout 
be happy to do it. We'll be out there pacing, I'm sure, for you at some point again, and we'll definitely see you in October at Katy. Yeah, for sure. And thank we'll you. There. And uh, if you if you do in Pocadona next year and need a pacer, I'm there too. <laughs> I, I think there. I appreciate that. I'll probably take you up on it because I think Cocodona's on the hit list for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, a, I'm an influencer. <laughs> That's right, yeah. you, you influence me for sure. Yes, sir. You sure are. All right. Yes, sir. You guys take it easy. Good night. All you right. too. Good night, y'all. Enjoy it, y'all. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. That is the full and complete recap of the Coconona 250 Ultra Marathon with Mr. Dan Gilliam. I'm very happy I got to sit down and have this conversation. I hope you're able to pull out the same kind of value that I've been able to from getting to sit down and recap and hash out all these awesome details of this very, very cool and challenging event over in Arizona. Guys, if you did receive some kind of value from this or just some entertainment, maybe some laughs, I highly encourage you to consider sharing the show with someone who could receive that same kind of value, that entertainment, get those same laughs, because all that's going to do, guys, is help us grow this movement and grow this podcast and continue to get awesome individuals like Dan on the show to talk about these amazing events that they have taken on in their lives. Now, guys, I hope you're having an awesome Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day as this podcast dropped. I'm very, very happy to say that we will be taking on the Murph today. And, guys, I challenge you to get out there and do something tough as well. Do something to make you step out of your comfort zone, to help you grow personally, and to really jumpstart your drive and your journey into personal development. Guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and always be prepared for whatever is next in line.